John has gotten uh, a little more, more service. Sorry. He's hanging out with the Vander Boyfield. Seriously. Sell that. BFFs. Um, chewing on some stuff. Um, <laughs> Troy, it's like that sarcasm. 
Man, the Lord immediately convicted me. Get out about it. I've got to stop. Y'all call me out on it. Uh, and so, yeah. And so we really believe you guys got to be empowered for ministry. Um, and that, that is part of our DNA. We've got to be led by the Spirit. So our, our services sometimes don't have the same exact flow to them all the time. I mean, they kind of have a similar type of flow to them. But, but hopefully we're open to the idea that this isn't a set order of worship or a set preaching that's got to happen or anything of that nature. If the Spirit would incline to lead us, Jesus is our chief shepherd, there's going to be some flow to it. So sometimes our services do get switched up sometimes. Um, and, and, and so that's part of our DNA, I think, as well, is just to be really led by the Spirit to allow Jesus to shepherd this church. But really I want to get into a, a complaint, and me and Tanner had some long conversations about this over the summer, and I've had it with some different people uh, several different times, is I always hear is that people don't know exactly how to get plugged into Summit. They don't know how, they don't know what's next with Summit. Uh, they don't know where to go, what to do, you know, where they can get involved and things like that. And that part of that does come from an attempt to be organic at, in nature, to be led by the Spirit. But per, part of it is kind of our fault. But I really want to communicate what, uh, how we've tried to structure ourselves as a church. So when people <coughs> ask that question... You can, you can um, know how to plug people in. You can know what we're about. You can decide whether or not it's valuable to you to get on board or, or not. Uh, but we really try to go to Acts as our, if you say there's a model, we really look at Acts as our model, which probably most churches do to some degree. But Acts 2 and 46, y'all probably know it, but I'm going to try to break it down a little bit and then offer some time for this testimony. But... But we go to Acts, this is why specifically. A lot of people go to maybe church orthodoxy or, or from, from, say, uh, um, church, they look at church history as a model of how church should be, right? So they'll, they'll look at how church has been over a period of time, which becomes like church orthodoxy or how they look at doing a model of church because it's been done and practiced over, over long periods of time. And there, that's not, um, there's nothing, I would say, explicitly wrong with that, except that church has been done unbiblically and without leadership of the Holy Spirit for hundreds of years, literally hundreds of years at times. And so it's not... It, it shouldn't serve as the marker to go back and study maybe church history and say, hey, we need to do it like this because this is how church history was. Does that make sense? The, really the best, it, uh, in the purest form that we can understand church and how it functioned, how people function in a body life is acts because that's the purest form without being systematic or, or without stepping into Christendom that we understand what the church was supposed to function like and how it was supposed to function. Now, Acts isn't even perfect. There were mistakes within Acts. And you see, even shortly afterwards, the Corinthians were so messed up, like maybe even just, you know, uh, 60 years after Jesus, the Corinthians were so messed up. Who wants to model their church after the Corinthians, right? I mean, the Corinthians... I mean, there, there was so much disorder within them. I mean, it was just chaotic scene, it seemed like. And so, and so, but there's even principles we can pull from Corinthians. I don't want to say that's completely wrong. But, but anyway, so the, there's, there's a problem with going church history, church orthodoxy explicitly and going there. We really need the Holy Spirit's leadership to, to really define our church and using Acts as, a, as a, a marker for what was the purest, the, 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 um, uh, the most unconstrained sense of church. And so Acts 2, the church is really born, or you see the church being born, and what it looked like for them. This actually started in 42. And we've read this several times. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking bread and, and, the, and the prayers. And, and 
Awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. So let me back up first. If there's anything that, that, that we've got to we've got to do well and probably better is, is um, uh, teaching, fellowship, and breaking bread. Or in prayer, I'm sorry. I didn't get include prayer in there. Uh, it, I mean, those are the things that we've got to structure ourselves around. That's what the early church really structured themselves around. You're going to see the importance of it later. But teaching, we've got to teach the word really well. We've got to fellowship really well. We've got to eat really well. And, we've got, and you'll see that that's important. Uh, and... and and we do that pretty well, I think. We do eat a lot. And, um, and we got to pray together really well. I think that's the pro probably the place that sometimes we're in places where we're really praying a lot together. And then other times it kind of declines and we don't pray as much together. But so this is beginning to see how we try to structure our church. And all who believed were together. This is 44. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as, as any had need. And we've talked about that before. We don't need to go back. And day by day, attending the temple. Catch this now. 46 is important. And day by day, they were attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day who were being saved. So let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would uh, lead, guide, and direct. I pray that you would be the shepherd of this meeting, Lord. I pray that you, Jesus would just be high and lifted up in this place. And that uh, you would help us to find more of who we are and give us more clarity. Uh, who we are in you and who we are together. Lord, I pray that you would unify a group of people who are passionate about Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open up the word to us. Um, I would pray that we would become more passionate about the things that you're passionate about, Lord. So if, um, if there's things that you're passionate about that we're not passionate about, I pray that you would burn those things within us and we would become better at them, Lord, that we would per persevere after those things, that we, would not, um, that we would not rest or be comfortable in systems or organizations or however it may be, Lord, but that you would burn those things within us that we've got to do them um, and so, uh, so we're more in line with your heart. Lord, we never want to become a comfortable church. We never want to become a group of people who are, um, who are willing just to go with whatever the system is or whatever the flow of something is. Lord, we want to be a people that's passionate for Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so the, um, in 46 starting... <coughs> What do you really see that's interesting about them? Uh, just in the, even in the beginning of 46. And what? Every day they were continuing with one mind in the temple. So that's, real, that's really interesting to me. I mean, our, our mindset of, of church is typically what? Sunday, right? It's a Sunday, like go to service. You know, you get your vest on. You're not supposed to wear hats. And um, I'm sorry, my head is peeling. Uh, it's pretty gross. It'll be distracting if I take, off, take it off. Uh, you, you know, it's a Sunday go-to-service meeting. It's not an everyday thing. In fact, when you leave church, you t this is my experience, is you typically go to church, you have a nice meal after, and then it's over. The church doesn't extend beyond that. Your frame of reference as it goes to church is just that one day a week type atmosphere. But they were really living it out. A church to them was day by day continuing with one mind in the temple. So they were actually meeting day in and day out in the temple. You know, So they were gathering there, and obviously we don't have a, a temple nowadays except the us, you know, um, but they were they were meeting day in and day out to like spend time in the Word, and they were coming and listening to the apostles' teaching, and they were spending time in, in prayer and, and things of that nature. Now the temple is is really uh, is really more of where the masses would come, so you you would have a stationary uh, spot in say Jerusalem, right, and and everybody would come out to that one place. 
and they would they would spend time in worship there, or they would really spend time working out doctrine. They would spend t time just working out the the really the more polished things of the faith, and they would practice giving vision for the church as a whole there. And there would be debates and things like that between the Jews and the Gentiles during the time, but the, but the Lord was really working in that big meeting. And so there's really discussion in the church nowadays between it should be all a house movement, right? Or you have on the other side, it says we need to steam to gather as many people as we possibly can, Right? So we really see, as Summit Church, we really see that both need to exist within a community of people. Both of those things need to exist. So what would they do? They would gather at the temple at, um, in big meetings, and they would gather, and the numbers, the masses would come out. They would receive vision from the apostles and things, and then they would break up and go home to home. So if you ever have questions about Summit Church's structure, this is what we believe, at least, in the simplest forms, as simplest as I can break it down, is we believe that we should gather as a big group, a big group of us on Sunday mornings, we come together to receive a corporate teaching, to set the tone for the week, to set, you know, who we are in the Lord, what our identity is, to work through maybe different things that we're struggling with, or to work through different places, to spend time in prayer with one another, to spend time just working through the Word together. And that's going to be more of a polished and refined time in the Lord. Right? But then we believe that the Scripture here is giving us this opportunity to break out into homes and go into places where there's more intimacy and fellowship and people are living life together with one another. And so we've really assimilated into our structure something where we are coming together as a big body, a corporate body, and then breaking off into, into homes in the, smaller, in the smaller places. So they were meeting actually day to day together. So their church became something where they were, they were living out every day together and then being on mission together. Uh, and, and as much as we can, as much as Summit has tried, uh, and, and I would say... For those of you who are, are, have been core members for some in a while, you have been assimilated into a body of people that lives day to day with the people within this church, right? I mean, there are pockets of you everywhere that, um, like, kind of in a weird way sometimes, who, um, who live and work and play together and do all these things together. I mean, you guys, just all you girls live together. Um, you crazies. Uh, <laughs> You got Shelby the crazy and Nancy the, the sober-minded. You know, this is going to be a, a one awesome house. I can't wait to see how this turns out. Uh, but uh, and, and so there's all this, uh, all these different people, you know, who are off in different groups. And then you got Julian and Brittany over here who are playing practical jokes on Holly. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. Brittany is vicious. Yeah, uh, and. And so, like, people really are within this church. They live, they live life together with one another in a day-to-day -day sense, hopefully. Um, but they, they were coming together for that. So that big meeting, that big meeting, if I haven't explained it well, is for vision, for uh, maybe working through tough things in Scripture, through having more of a polished service. Um, am I missing out anything, Kevin or Ricky? Evangelism is a big one. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of evangelism taking place in those bigger meetings. That is definitely a time to respond to the gospel, to to allow people to gather and then respond to the gospel in those moments. Am I missing anything else? Does anybody got any questions about that? Does that make sense? Like we got. Yeah, what do you got, Cam? So the verse forty-two is a big group. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Yeah, a good question. And. Um, and the fellowship and breaking bread and the, and, and the prayers. So it would kind of depend on um, loosely. I didn't want to go there, but you have to take it there. Because there's a lot, thanks a lot, Ken. Because there's some, there's some debate, um, like if you would say that there's apostles that um, exist in the fullest sense today, that they're that man of God who's disseminating vision versus the pastoral 
uh, reference point where you're, the body is working through vision together. Now, there is definitely somewhat in which a head pastor is creating <coughs> vision to the people, but uh, um, uh, it seems like the apostles' teaching was kind of a specific time um, because they were directly sitting under Jesus and, he, and they were establishing that church and then they were empowering the people around them. So it is a hard passage to completely understand, I think, in that context. But they were definitely meeting together in, in big groups, you know. Um, um, they were, the apostles were definitely congregating people to themselves. Eventually, that becomes, they need to break out. They need to spread out from there, from one another, and take these, the big meetings, home-to-home home type model, to other places around the world. So, like, persecution starts to happen, and they spread all over the place, Right? So that's that's our uh, that's our big that's our uh, our, our big uh, church meeting. That's the idea: is that we gather. There's evangelism that takes place. There's uh, like more polished teaching teaching that takes place. I'm not all that polished, but um, other people are. John is much more polished than myself. Um, there's there's um, worship and prayer that does take place, but then. The, the main part of it, and I believe this has got to be the main part of our walks as a body, where you're really going to experience body life. You want to get to connected to Summit Church. You want to be a part of Summit Church. As, as um, You want to get connected. You feel like you're not connected. So the, the thing that I get, I hear often, which is not, it isn't true, I don't believe whatsoever, but that Summit Church is a Sunday morning church where you wake up and uh, you go to church and then you and then you get out. You know, I don't I don't believe that's true. Maybe on campus that's a little bit more of the the rumor than um, or the, the thing that it is. But it's that's, that's not necessarily true. Okay, so we try to break up and, and go home to home into people's lives. So we do things like house church for college students or Wednesday night. Uh, meets in a home. Our youth groups meet in a home. Uh, uh, you know, our men's group meet, meets in a home. So we, we try to go into these different places and practice these different things that were going on in the early church. Uh, uh, so they go from the big temple and they move house to house. And you see them, one of the first things, and we do this quite often, they were uh, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So they would get together and they would have a meal. They would regularly like just have a meal together. Like, what's what's special about <coughs> having a meal together? What do you think? Fellowship. Fellowship? Yeah, definitely. Fellowship is taking place. But you're just saying, like, listen, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. So here it is, you know, like there's this unity that's taking place within the midst of that meal. Like if I'm willing to break a piece of bread with you, right? You're 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 a Puerto Rican, I'm a white, you know? Yes. Hey, Caucasian. I don't even know what Caucasian exactly means. Uh, have you ever thought about that word? I don't know what it means exactly. Yeah, so I said they so. But it means, like, there's no boundary line there within breaking bread. Like, if we're, if we're breaking bread together, there's not, you know, like, you're black, I'm white, you know, like, all, all that. doesn't matter when you're breaking bread together. It's, it, it, so there's this unity that's, that's taking place there. Um, you're, you're spending time just talking about things. It, it allows you just to kind of fellowship and experience, like, the joy of the Lord. And, and to some degree, you're saying... You're saying, I'm just feasting on the things of the Lord together. So, I really believe even that maybe where the idea of the sacraments has gotten lost is, is that just because I don't see a lot in Scripture of, of maybe the way we do it all the time, but, but the, really what breaking bread was together was they were sitting down and having a meal together, you know, and you, you, just, you just give fellowship to the Lord. You celebrate Jesus in that. So when you're taking the Lord's Supper, you're taking Jesus uh, seriously with breaking bread with somebody. You're portraying the gospel that he's unifying you together and bringing you together as a fellowship, as a body, as people growing together. So part of what we do a lot of times within our, our, um, our house church, uh, um, I think the women's group does it sometimes. I know a lot of times the men group do, do it, I think. 
Um, I know God, the college guys do and the youth do is we just get together and have a meal. We're just there just to say, hey, we're going to spend some time with one another, just with, with one another, just eating, you know, enjoying each other's company. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Now, sometimes it, when you do that too much, uh, I like what this guy, Buddy Hoffman, says. It's like sometimes groups of people become uh, 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 spiritual ghettos. What he means by that is that you just become hangouts, places just to hang out, you know. So we've really got to extend ourselves beyond that. I think we do have the fellowship part down really well. Like, Summit knows how to hang out with one another. <laughs> like, they, they really know how to hang out with one another. I mean, it gets crazy sometimes in some of these places. I mean, just look at some of the videos that are online. <laughs> we would probably get arrested, some of us, for some of the things that have taken place. Uh, and so, like, even look at our youth videos this last Friday. You know, where's Steve Cagle at, you know? Um, in Cameroon. Um, and so, uh, but something else is going on, and this is where it begins to progress <coughs> within the home. The intimacy begins to take place more and more. Um, so 46, and day by day they were attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. So with glad and generous hearts, praising God, uh, they were, and they were praising God together with one another. I like what Ephesians 5.18 says. It says, like, don't get drunk with wine. Like, so when you gather, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, making praise with one another, speaking spiritual things, songs, and spiritual songs. I forgot it. Man, let, let me go there real quick. Um, yeah, I probably butchered it completely. Um, uh, do not get drunk with wine, for it is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this is a really cool concept. When we gather in our homes together, we're praising, the, we're there to gather to praise the name of Jesus. And so some of us do practice worship and music, but others practice it in the form of like prayer and testimony and, and different things of that nature. Praising the name of the Lord, uh, uh, saying spiritual things over a place, uh, uh, over each other. So we speak words from the Lord for one another, and even in a prophetic way at times. And so we try to practice those things. There should be within our homes. Uh, a joyful melody, and I don't necessarily mean singing, but a joyful melody coming from our home fellowships. So there should be what people are coming away from with is rather than like friction and tension and different things of that nature, people should just be, uh, be loving one another well. I mean, there's going to be conflict. We have opportunity to work out that conflict with one another. That's what bodies do. Like, it's, it's important for bodies to fight at times, to work things out. Otherwise, you'll just store it up, and you'll end up, like, knocking each other out at some point, you know? But we got to work out conflict at times. But there should be, at the same time, there should be just this joy within your home groups. So, like, a, 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 a sincerity with one another, uh, where the Spirit is just producing this unity of joyfulness, where we're celebrating the Lord. And what he's doing. And we're, we have the opportunity to testify about what the Lord's doing. And, and, and I'll end with this. And we're going to go into some, just some brief testimonies um, of some home fellowships. And back in um, two. Glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all, all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So, these meetings are, are going to be one of our best evangelical tools. <coughs> John 13, 55, you probably know it. I'll read it. 13, 55 says, it's simple. You, you will, they will know you by your love. Did I get that right? 13, 55? 35, I'm sorry. 
uh, by this, all people will know you that you are my disciples. If you have a love for one another. Or if you, if you have a love for one another. So, our best evangelical tool that we have, I think, is within our home groups, specifically. If those groups of people love each other really well. And what they have the opportunity to do is... When people come into that fellowship, and this was our experience at least within college ministry, was that when people would come into that fellowship who weren't of the faith, but saw a group of people who were unified, praising the Lord, uh, lifting Jesus up, they wanted to be a part of it. They, they, they wanted to join in on that. Um, and uh, and they, wanted to, they wanted to join in on, on what was going on. And that was the best evangelical tool that we actually had. I know that when there's been women who come into your women's group, you know, like I don't even know if you know any right offhand, but I know some right offhand who have, who have come into your women's group and, and assimilated themselves into that group by, and, and then came to faith through, through just seeing you ladies walk with the Lord as a group together. And, and they just want to be a part of that. Yeah, people want to be a part of, uh, of a loving group of people. Uh, um, and so, and so as, um, as you are living home and, and home fellowships, one to one, we should be lifting the word high, praising the name of Jesus, being in prayer with one another, testifying with one another. And, and in Jesus being lifted high, we'll see people coming to Christ through that. That is going to be one of the best evangelical tools you guys have. And so even at a smaller level, we've seen it go from there to breaking down to people living with, it, with each other in people's homes, to people breaking off and discipling one another one-on-one, -on -one, um, and, and going from there even on a more micro level. You know, so that every single elder in this church has had a college student or somebody live with them at some point. And then it even goes on beyond to like Julian and Brittany having people live with them. Or, or Maddie's had people live with them, I think, you know. Uh, that testimony, that legacy has continued on with different people within this church to say, hey, come into my home and just see me one-on-one -on -one in my house. See what I'm like at home. See what I'm like with my kids. See what I'm like with my family. All those different things. And so uh, if, if people ever, ever ask you, you know, like, where can I get connected at Summit Church? The best opportunity for you to say is come, come into our homes, get connected with us in our homes, and see what we're like there. See how the word is being taught. You know, see how we're praying together. See how we're testifying with one another. See, see what's going on. So, big church, little churches. Does that make sense? That's the that's the vision of Summit. That's our structure. That's how we work. Not too uh, elaborate. Um, the one thing I would say is the difference I want to say between necessarily um, small groups and what why I personally like to use the word house church is because house church specifies a little bit different. Small groups have the connotation of just being Bible studies. The hope is that, they, that house churches would go extend a little bit further than, than simply a Bible study. Hopefully you're living life together, you're sharing life together, you're, you're studying the Bible together, you're praying together, you do, you're worshiping together. All those things of body life. That's going to be the best place for you to say, I want to figure out what my gifts and talents are. A home is the best place for you to figure out your gifts and talents. Uh, a house church. If we can make them more like small churches than Bible studies... You will, you will figure out what your gifts and talents are in the mix of that. You'll have opportunities. You're not going to have as many opportunities to be up front, even though we want to give you that, that those opportunities. There's just so many people. So if you get involved and incorporated in a home fellowship, you have the opportunity to determine what your gifts and talents are. And as you rise to the top in those things, we have the opportunity to filter you into other places where you'd be empowered more. So you become a good teacher at College House Church. And then we move you into places where you're teaching on Sunday nights or you're teaching on Sunday mornings or some capacity like that. Does that make sense? 
over there. So briefly, I wanted to um, have some testimony shared about the different home meetings that are going on. This will be about five minutes, and uh, uh, with two of them. And is there uh, a, a lady that may um, that need to talk to? Brittany, you want to talk about Wednesday night? <laughs> Tim, will you just tell what the Lord's been doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
you're missing something very essential, and it's not gonna, it's not like it runs seven eighths or you know five sixths as good. It runs really, really poorly because you're missing something essential. And I think that's you know whenever I go into like you know either you know men's or twenties and thirties, you know I know what the Lord's gifted me to a certain extent, and you know you're always seeking greater gifts. But like when I hear other people talking, like convicted in the best sense that you know there's something. That I could work on, but you know, right now God doesn't have. I'm not. I'm not complete. I'm not Jesus. But you know, when we all come together, we kind of average out to Jesus. If that makes sense. Um, so uh, I mean, that's. I'm very encouraged. You know, I see gifts in people that I don't have, and it doesn't. It's not like I feel condemned. I don't feel like, oh well, I don't have that on there. It's the idea that you know what? That's not really them. Exactly. That's something. And so I think when we come together, we can kind of like, I guess, work in that in that frame of mind. You know, we're all being built up together. You know, um, there's one thing I did want to read. That's why I brought this up here. And uh, the end of Hebrews 11, uh, the faith chapter, right? Uh, starting in verse 36, says, "Some faced jeers and flogging, while so others were chained and put. <coughs> they were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins." Yes. Destitute, persecuted, and mistreated, the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes of the earth. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And the, as the church and the small groups, we're fulfilling that. Like We are completing God's vision that he started way back with Adam, way back with Abraham. And he's continued on. We, you know, they were waiting for us to complete God's vision. And I don't know. To me, that's what we're going for. That's cool. Good word. Brittany? Um, what's the question again? Just testify to what, what's happening on the Sunday nights. Okay. Or um, what has happened. Uh, we've seen a lot of believers come in. I know whenever Joanne and I first came to the Lord, we were... Well, on the note of believers coming on Wednesday nights and then to actually spread out into the homes, for the believer, I think there's an element of you have to have a desire for God first. Um, I think God can use that through, like he did with Sydney. He saw the, she saw the love of the brothers and sisters, and that drawed her in, that drew her in. Um, but as far as on our Wednesday nights, I know that it's almost just like a place of rest. And God does this gifting in these homes, like in Nielsen's home, in our home, where people walk in, and then all of a sudden they pretty much vomit on you everything that's going on in their life. And you and they come in really hard, you know, like, I don't want to share with you my life, I'm just going to come here because this is awkward, and then before you know it, God plants them, and now they're like a part of the family right away. Like Sharon coming in and um, Kelly going to men's group. I mean, they walk in, and all of a sudden, you know, you can see, like, the nervousness coming in, and then all of a sudden, they're just talking and telling you their whole life story, and way more than you expected to hear, and, um,
because our structure has to be intentionally simple. As Jeremy said, there's not a whole lot of paid staff, uh, like none full time. <laughs> so we have to keep things simple, and, and we come up with a little love God, live community, serve others. And this is kind of the live community part. So it's more than just a Bible study. It's living life together. And I think anytime we get a chance to do that, we need to take take that because we we're we only got so many times around this this sun. So we just need to take those times to, to spend with each other and fellowship and pour into each other's lives. And I, I just think that um, Jeremy did a great job tonight of, of explaining that. And I thank you for that. Sure, sure. Good uh, Anything else? Any other thoughts? Yeah, please. Yeah, say something. Yeah. Sunday morning or Sunday night, and it, it just continues to grow. 
and I just thought that like transparency was such a a huge thing that I think happens at house churches when they feel like there's a love that's there. Mm -hmm. That's true. Definitely. So. There's definitely transparency in this group. Hard to be fake. What do you got? <laughs> And that's, that's the thing, too, is there's going to be like a multi-generational life with kids one another, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on. We kind of know the, the vision now. And there's definitely places where we could just take it deeper. You know, there's definitely places where I know the Spirit wants to do more. The Word could be taught better. And we could uh, spend more time in prayer and stuff like that. The Lord wants to do all that. But He'll begin to equip us to do that. You know, I believe that. So um, if the worship team would come up and play, but we part of some of the church as well as we send so many people out. There's so many people that kind of come in here and um, we have the opportunity just to love on them and then they end up leaving us and we're left to sure. pick up the pieces you know, to put them back together. But um, Cameron, come on up here Cameron, if you will. Um, he's going to be he's gonna be leaving us here shortly and he's been a lot to us. He's a pretty excitable guy, fun guy to be around um, and we feel like he's grown a lot in the Lord. Um, if some people would just come pray around him, um, we're just going to spend uh, a quick time in this prayer around.